Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. We just finished up day three of the NFL Draft, so all seven rounds are in the books. And in the last two days, I've gone through some of the winners and losers from the draft. Here for day three, I just kind of want to highlight a few players. I think it's maybe like five, six, seven guys who I think are interesting options, you know, heading into 2022 and kind of beyond. So just prospects that I think, you know, landed in nice spots and may have an opportunity to produce pretty early on. And let's start it off with Damian Pierce out of Florida. He was picked in the fourth round, second overall pick in that round, and he went to the Texans. I thought Texans were a team that were going to go running back, you know, kind of early on, maybe round two, round three. Some teams kind of jumped ahead of them. So I wonder if, you know, they wanted to, it just didn't work out, but they go out, they draft Damian Pierce. And I think this is probably one of the best landing spots for a running back because that running back room is wide open right now. He's going to be competing with guys like Marlon Mack and Rex Burkhead. And even though Damian Pierce was never a workhorse running back at Florida, he definitely excelled in a variety of different areas. I think he can step in and be an early down grinder at the NFL level. He definitely has the size for it. He can be a solid goal line option. I mean, in 2021, he only logged 100 total carries, but 13 of those were touchdowns. So very, very efficient down on the goal line. But then he also was solid in the receiving game, can definitely contribute there, caught 19 passes for 213 yards and three touchdowns last season. And for fantasy football, when we're looking at running backs, volume is 100% key because you can score points just getting you know a ton of inefficient touches. It's very tough to be a top contributor if you're not getting you know those valuable opportunities. And I think Damian Pierce has a solid opportunity to step in and earn touches in year one with the Texans. So he's an interesting guy to watch, you know, heading into fantasy draft season. Now we're going to stay in the fourth round with this next pick of Romeo Dubs goes as the 427 to the Packers. As a college prospect, Romeo Dubs had really, really solid college production. He put up a thousand plus yards in the receiving game in both his junior and senior seasons. He actually had a really wild stretch to start off his 2020 season. In his first five games, he racked up 36 receptions for 778 receiving yards and nine touchdowns. It's just kind of a, you know, quick little stat there. It was absolutely dominant to start off that 2020 year. And he goes to the Packers where I talked about, I think it was in yesterday's video, that wide receiver room is pretty wide open. I talked about Alan Lazard and Christian Watson being winners, but I also think Romeo Dubs could kind of play a role here. When you're looking at that wide receiver room, you've got veterans like Randall Cobb and Sammy Watkins. Alan Lazard mentioned is in there. And then you have Christian Watson picked in the second round. And then Amari Rogers, who was a third round pick last year. So who knows, you know, Romeo Dubs could step in and end up being like the wide receiver six on this team. But I think it's also possible he steps in. Maybe he can be like the wide receiver three. I think the Packers are definitely going to be spreading the ball around much more than they did last year where they could just kind of target funnel to Devontae Adams. So just a name to watch there. Now moving over to the fifth round, actually the first pick of the fifth round. Here we have Sam Howell goes to the commanders and just, you know, as a value pick, I mean, Sam Howell, I think is a great pick here for Washington. Personally, I'm shocked he fell this far because just looking back at last year, I mean, he was projected to be like a top 10 pick, has a little bit of a down season, you know, with all his weapons gone and a bad offensive line and his value just absolutely plummeted. And so, you know, if you were talking to me a few days ago, this would just be a horrible outcome for Sam Howell because he is going so late, 
But now that we're looking at him here in the fifth round, I think of fifth round quarterbacks, you know, he has very, very high potential. I think most of us would agree that Carson Wentz is not going to be the future quarterback for uh, the commanders. You know, he may be it for this year, maybe next year. But I think that quarterback room is a little bit open, at least more open than a lot of the other teams in the league. So I think Howell will have the opportunity to come in, impress people internally in that organization. And that could lead to him gaining a starting job, you know, maybe a few years out. And then just a few picks later, we had Khalil Shakir going to the Bills at the 505. And he was a wide receiver I really liked heading into the draft. I think I had him as my wide receiver 12. Definitely went much later than that. You know, those were fantasy rankings. But, you know, I was surprised he actually went this late. I thought he would go probably in the first four rounds. And if you're a Gabriel Davis fan, I mean, this is great news for him because they did not go out and draft one of these top wide receivers. When you're looking at the uh, Bills wide receiver room, you've got Stephon Diggs there as the clear-cut number one. No one's competing with his opportunities. And then you have Gabe Davis and Jamison Crowder kind of looking as like the wide receiver two, wide receiver three. But I think, you know, those spots are not totally locked in. Gabriel Davis had that amazing game in the playoffs. But in terms of regular season production, he hasn't done a ton. And then I think Jamison Crowder is definitely kind of on the way down, but can still be a very productive player. So I think if Khalil Shakir comes in and impresses, I could definitely see him having a role in this offense in year one. It may not be a super fantasy relevant role, but definitely someone to keep an eye on in the next few years. And then staying in the fifth round with Tyler Algier, who went at the 508 to the Falcons. The Falcons were a solid landing spot for a running back. He did go later than I would have hoped, but I think, you know, this is a nice spot to land for Tyler Algier. You have Cordero Patterson there back on a two-year contract. He's 100% going to be getting work, but he's not a workhorse running back by any means. He faded last year and was still not getting, you know, a ton of touches on the ground. So there's an opportunity for one of these running backs to step in and get around 10 carries a game, maybe even more, get some opportunities in the receiving game. This is a team that needs weapons. They need people to get the ball to. You have Kyle Pitts, you have Drake London, you have Cordero Patterson. Other than that, they're still pretty empty there. And then you're looking at the other running backs on the roster. Mike Davis was pretty brutal last year, at least in terms of his rushing ability and just efficiency in the receiving game. And then you have Damian Williams. I would hope that Tyler Algier would be able to beat out both of those players. If he can't, then you know there's no point in having him for fantasy. But I do think he can step in as a rookie and split the load with Cordero Patterson from day one if things, you know, kind of break right for him during the offseason. So Tyler Algier, someone to keep an eye on out of that Atlanta backfield. And then the final player here, kind of tough to project really positive things for these guys going in the sixth and seventh rounds. But I want to talk about Tyler Beatty here at the 618 going to the Ravens. And, you know, you may think the Ravens kind of have their backfield on lock, but I actually think there are definitely a few question marks heading into the 2022 season. Both J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards missed the entire 2021 season. They're coming back off of ACL tears. I think it was kind of surprising when news broke that the Ravens were kind of inquiring about Melvin Gordon, thinking of bringing him in, because I felt like people kind of thought they had a solid one-two punch here with Dobbins and Edwards. That could mean they're potentially concerned about one of these guys, or maybe even both of them on their returns from those ACL tears. You never know if things could go wrong. Maybe they end up missing extended time. And we know that the Ravens are one of these teams who love to consistently use two running backs. They're going to be splitting the carries. 
you know, I didn't think J.K. Dobbins was going to step in and be the workhorse. He was probably going to be in that like 12, 14 carry range. You've got Gus Edwards in that like seven to nine. So there's definitely roles here for these running backs. Beatty is undersized at five foot eight, 197 pounds, but he had a monster workhorse season for Missouri last year. In 12 games, he rushed for over 1,600 yards and then added 54 receptions for 330 receiving yards and then scored 18 total touchdowns. So he could be one of these late round running backs that kind of find their way into a rotation and may become, you know, fantasy relevant in deeper leagues as soon as in 2022. So those are some guys I have my eyes on. Let me know what late round flyers you guys are going to take shots on down in the comment section. I'll make sure to respond to everyone who comments. Want to know who you guys are looking at. Thank you again for stopping by and I'll see you guys in the next one.